0: Whatever you like to do, make it a hobby, and whatever the world likes to do, make it a business. Quote-unquote, Warren Buffet. Welcome to Sipping Socrates, where we have a warm Socratic discussion over a cup of coffee.
1: We are Manan and Parv, and today is April 9th, and we will be talking about hobbies.
0: So Manan, what are hobbies, and how are they different from your work? Are hobbies passion? uh why are hobbies important what are good hobbies what are bad hobbies how can you discover new hobbies perhaps what are some unique ubiquitous hobbies Um, these are all the topics that we'll be discovering today and um, what i want to know what excites you about hobbies
1: i think the main thing about hobbies is i mean ever since i was a kid our parents have grown up raising us i mean have told us that an empty mind is a devil's workshop and so they've never let us fully be idle even like when we were like working or whatever. Um, They've never let us fully be like free quote-unquote. So I think hobbies for me has always been this sort of escape from the world, escape from... You know your work the monotonous routine and it's always been one of the ways I found my freedom in pursuing activities and gaining skill sets from which I would be able to um, differentiate myself give myself more character uh, understand more about the world in my own little ways and just like understand what it is to be human it has allowed me to Gain this entire range of emotional experience, this human experience that perhaps would not, if if I would not have this sort of dimension in me, that I would be quote unquote lifeless. In my opinion.
0: Yeah. So before I start uh, talking about hobbies, I want to give a little bit of context to the listeners. As I was just telling you, hobbies are such a big part of my life. They're so meaningful, and I'm so attracted to hobbies. And people who have very good hobbies. Because growing up, I was the. As I mentioned in the home episode, I grew up in a household with uh, m- uh, multiple uh, families. Uh, and uh, uh, it was. I lived with my cousins. I still do. Uh, but growing up, I was the kid who was always told that. Look at your cousin, or they're doing so well in school, why are you not? But I was also the kid who my relatives would say, quote unquote, an all-rounder. A person who would go out to play whenever they want to. Mm-hmm. Also spend a little time studying. Also go to the music class, learn how to play the synthesizer. Who would also like his time on the basketball court. So I was the all-rounder kid. And um, I still like to believe that I very much am. I like to pursue a lot of different activities. So hobby, I feel very deeply about and I really appreciate them uh, in my life. They shape personalities heavily. They have shaped my personalities. So that is kind of a background on hobbies and my relation with hobbies.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting you bring up uh, being an all-rounder. I think I was the same when I was in school. Uh, I, I I found it very interesting to pursue anything that sort of stimulates me creatively and uh, would allow me to be, uh, I, I know you're going to mention this later on, but hands-on uh, with stuff. And so I have also tried to get into a few hobbies. And I think the thing about hobbies, I feel like sometimes parents uh, or like guardians or like relatives put too much pressure in being... Uh, extremely proficient in your hobbies and I I think we'll get to this later on as well but I I, I don't personally feel like it's necessary to be good at something that you enjoy doing and even if you enjoy doing something it should it shouldn't um, you shouldn't put yourself like through that entire pressure of trying to be uh, someone that you are not when it comes to hobbies and what I mean by that is hobby should be that one sort of thing that you you know rely on or like you sort of engage in or participate in that makes you feel free and I think freedom is a huge huge part of uh, hobbies especially because you don't find that normally right part mm-hmm. of like it, it, you don't you don't get to be free when you're working you don't get to be free when you are just living about your normal daily routine
0: yes so Hobbies, let's define hobbies. Are hobbies anything that you do outside of
1: work that you're paid for? Um, I think yes, but also there's a lot more to it. There is definitely a lot more to it.
0: But I think in the the basicest form that I like to think of hobbies is anything that you do which you aren't paid for. Right. Or is not part of work. Right. Let's, let's move on to
1: uh, why are hobbies important and why are they important to you? Uh, I think I briefly just touched upon this. But um, trying to... I view hobbies as like an escape only because um, th- sometimes life gets difficult. Sometimes life gets stressful. And doing the same things again and again can make you feel bored. So um, I think if you've read... Um, the 4-Hour Workweek, um, the book, and and the entire like FIRE movement. The FIRE, for viewers who don't know what the FIRE mov- movement is, it's a financially independent retire early movement. Um, their entire sort of uh, logic towards approaching life and career is you make enough money and you become as financially independent as possible so that you get to invest those resources in making decisions that don't require you to think about money when you are pursuing whatever it is so the the world is slowly moving towards this thing where you pursue your career to make enough money and to then buy your freedom from the career that you're pursuing to then pursue other activities which include hobbies and so i've always viewed it i've always viewed this movement as something that i would want to eventually be a part of because i don't think any career would be and again I, I think i speak strongly anecdotally or from whatever sort of small experience i have in this world that no career would be stimulating and dynamic enough for you to be interested in it like throughout long term and so that's why people whenever they pursue uh hobbies they sort of use it as an escape from quote unquote reality i think parv you may I don't know do you agree with me I
0: really don't so the idea that hobbies are an escape from your routine are a way to get out of the routine are uh, the hobbies will it's just something new that you do which lets you forget it's I feel it's a very negative way to look at hobbies I think there is some kind of negative connotation attached to it because a lot of times when we think of uh, substance It can be alcohol. It can be recreational use of marijuana. Um, But we often think about them as, oh, if I just take that one more shot, I will forget about tomorrow's exam and let loose. So it is very similar to that. And I don't like it because you aren't leaving your life behind in hobbies because hobbies are a major part of your life. And if they aren't, then please make the major part of your lives. Because your hobbies define you as much as your work does, if not more, in my opinion. Your hobbies are really important and the time you put into your hobbies will always, scientifically, statistically speaking, complement your work.
1: Yeah, and we know that from exercising.
0: Yeah. There's a high correlation between people pursuing their hobbies and people doing well in jobs.
1: Oh, okay. Um, so, that's interesting that you bring that up. Um, and so, what you're trying to say is, if I understand correctly, it's that you should integrate hobbies into your life than use it as an escape from your life. That is exactly what I'm saying.
0: So, the whole idea of it's an escape should should be just cancelled. This idea is wrong. It's not an escape. It is you. It is very much you. And I say it is very much you because... <coughs> yo, you're really coming
1: down with a cold there. <laughs> Sneezes. Uh, apologize to what Alistair does to hear that. But uh, I can confirm that sneezing is not my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> but as I was saying, so hobbies are more so you. And they're
0: you just you because a lot of the things we do we do because other people are doing it the reason i go out to play basketball is because some friends invited me the reason that i not that basketball is not my hobby but the the reason that i am reading books is because oh my friend also read that book and they uh, told me to give it, wait those are hobbies
1: too but i think you're trying to say is it, oftentimes it's not induced or influenced by solely what other people are doing. I mean, you can take into account uh, like, take into account their suggestions and feedback from whatever experiences that they have had. But what you're trying to say is, it's really your intention to be engaged in that yeah, and but, not really pure influence. Yeah,
0: I think my idea is that if you're doing nothing on a Sunday morning, there's no one around. And then you go alone to the court just to sh- put some hoops in. Or you pick up a book. It is... And that's how hobbies generally are. People are just with themselves,
1: and they like to do something with themselves. Absolutely. But I think there's a sort of thing where you you have to bring into discussion how these supposedly positive things can soon turn into negative uh, things that we engage in as part of the Gen Z generation. We are sort of notorious for overdoing everything, in my opinion. Uh, And that's because we are overstimulated with information and we are just continuously exposed to so many things that we always sort of need to do more. And so very soon you identify something that is supposedly or could be a good hobby turn into something that could have negative effects on you. Yes,
0: there is definitely... Both sides to the coin here. Yeah. There are some things called good hobbies and there are some hobbies that are bad for sure. Right. So there is the idea of good hobby and bad hobby. And um, I think of, I think of hobbies, I have made a checklist of questions to answer when you think about hobbies. And if at least one of the questions is a yes, that is a good sign that the hobby that you're purchasing might be a good one. If it, if it checks all three that I want you to stick with it because that's probably one of the best hobbies that you may have. Right. So, uh, given that whatever you're doing as a hobby is outside of your paid work, ask yourself this, these series of three questions. First, does it help me become better at something? Second, does it entail any kind of risk? And third, does it include any aspiration and goals? At least one of these questions should be a yes, in my opinion. And if it checks all three, that's great. That's absolutely amazing. Let's pick. Let's pick podcast for ex- podcasting for an example. I love podcasting, and it has become my hobby now. Every once every two weeks, when we say do this conversation, upload them, we look at the analytics and the distribution of the podcast. I, I I I'm really enjoying this activity. Does it help me become better? most definitely because every week I prepare for an episode I read books I go to articles that I never would have gone to I I, I watch YouTube videos that are very informative so it is providing me with new information and it is in it is uh, it is allowing me to think deeply about the things that I feel deeply about but never thought deeply about does it entail risk well not so much, but if we think of risks, well, I'm putting a lot of time into it. I'm putting a decent bit of money into it, buying the a uh, little bit mic, the distribution platform, subscriptions, everything. And does it have aspiration and goals? Most definitely. I aspire that we'll have a lot of listeners. I aspire to, or to make this movement of thinking deeply about just about anything. So. This is a, this hobby checks all the three questions for me, which is why I've been sticking to it and I've been enjoying this uh, hobby wholeheartedly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that this hobby gives you an opportunity to learn something and to inculcate other hobbies into it. For example, you said, you know, reading and watching YouTube videos. This is this sort of like hyper hobby (laughs) because it like, it allows you to engage in other hobbies as well. And so, for example, if we were to ever have a podcast episode about gardening, that we would actually, I would hope to engage in some bit of gardening, mm-hmm. um, just to see what it's like. And we could talk about it firsthand. So this is like documenting experiences that allow you to explore other hobbies as well and i think that's incredibly positive yeah,
0: it's funny that you just said that if we do a episode on gardening which we really should it's a great topic in my opinion but if you ever do an episode on gardening you might want to make it hands-on and garden well uh, let me tell you in while preparing for this podcast about hobbies i actually brought out another hobby out of myself so i there is a card game called bridge which i was which i thought was very interesting i really enjoyed uh, looking at it I've, I've i've to this date i've played like probably two rounds of bridge maybe less but and to be very honest i really don't understand all the technicalities of bridge as of now but while preparing for the podcast i looked up bridge clubs uh, or places which regularly run bridge games i reached out to uh, the contact at uh, their website and uh, i'm i think from next tuesday on every 630 every tuesday 630 to 9 pm i will be at a
1: bridge game that's insane to think and uh, that is commendable only not only because you engaged like like Passively, but also because you've made strides forward to actually get better at the game bridge or like to engage in a community that plays bridge. And what I mean by that is when we think about hobbies, gone are the times where people would tell me, oh, my hobby is collecting coins or collecting stamps. Well, these can still be considered hobbies, but in my opinion, a hobby is only as effective for you as much you invest in it. And what I mean by that is you have to keep actively investing in your hobby. And while while things like, you know, coin collecting and stamp collecting are more passive hobbies, you can emerge them into more active ones when you try to engage in the history, try to understand why stamps were printed the way that they were or the context of those stamps or coins. And so these things make your supposedly passive hobby into active ones. And so for example, even listening to music, I think this is a point worth bringing up Parv. And the way, I, the way I see it is, right now the current generation is actively consuming a lot more media than producing it. And I think hobbies are a great like segue into this conversation because the more you consume media, the more you consume information. That's great, right? But you are passively consuming that information. When I read a book, I'm passively understanding the ideas of what the author is trying to say. When I'm listening to music, I'm passively consuming music. When I'm collecting coins, I'm just passively consuming uh, collecting coins. But I think it's time to talk about how we can change these passive things into more active forms of learning. And what I mean by that is, okay fine you read a book, but then you create a podcast to discuss those ideas about the book that you're doing right now, Parv. It it really allows you to add your own opinion and add character, add depth into what you're eating and also show to yourself that you have understood the idea well and now you're willing to discuss about it with someone who is like challenging your ideas. Ex for example, in this case me. And so even when it comes to music, right? Okay, you can you can passively consume music if it's like something that you want to do in your leisure time, that's fine, but when you're doing a like your workout, that's fine, but to expose yourself to different cultures, different artists, you have to actively going out to be looking for these new types of music that not a lot of people have listened to or heard. And then it's the same with reading, uh, reading books, consuming any sort of media. And so, I would like to bring in this form of like actively pursue your ho- hobbies. You mm-hmm. know, M- really put in an effort into imbibing your daily routine um these hobbies into your daily routine because that will actively make you like i said experience the world in a deeper or more enriching way than other people
0: yeah there should be an idea of ipo and when i say ipo i don't mean the finance side of me i mean the supply chain side of me ipo in supply chain ipo is input process output likewise hobby should be input process output yeah is that what you're trying to say yeah
1: i think there should be some amount of processing and output happening yeah
0: so we are we're definitely consuming a lot of information through a lot of hobbies it can be as little as watching a movie but as long as you're processing that movie with your thoughts inculcating your thoughts into it and inculcating the movie into your thoughts yeah and then outputting them just putting it out there somewhere it can be just for you it can be made public it can be made just for your friends but reflecting is a main is a big part in life and reflecting on hobbies is the output of the hobbies
1: yeah i guess and i think uh, because you've brought up this one new hobby that you're being a part of i would also like to not show off a little bit but (laughs) but also try to say that even i have try to like step outside of my comfort zone and try to be a part part of this hobby we're talking about gardening right and so there was a few weeks ago there was a potter plant workshop where they just sort of introduced us to basics of gardening and i wanted to uh be a part of this for a long time and actually made effort into making it to the workshop and like potting my own first plant and just the idea of planting and gardening brings so much happiness in myself because like most other things, you only get the pleasure kick in, or well, it's only worth it to get the pleasure kick in or happiness kick in once you've dedicated that much time and effort into it. And so, planting or gardening is me dedicating, like physically, water resources and taking care of something over a long period of time to see the seeds emerge into like a plant or like a fruit or whatever. Um, and that. I feel is like a huge metaphor for anything in life. Mm -hmm. The more you sort of sow your seeds, the more care you give it, the more time you give it, the more patience you have. Also patience. Can we talk about patience? When you're talking about hobbies, it's so important that you have patience with yourself when you're pursuing these things. And the reason for that is because that patience reflects on how you treat yourself as an individual. If you're impatient if you are someone who looks for instant gratification, there are chances that you won't be able to live with yourself in the way that other people may have, may. Uh, But what I mean by that is, if you do a little bit every day and you're consistent with your amount of effort or whatever you're investing in, then you emerge a lot more confident in your abilities, you emerge a lot more skillful in what you're doing.
0: That's true, but playing bridge, or gardening. The, 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 the reason I really like hobbies is, that, is the fact that all of them are so hands-on.
1: Right.
0: All you need to do is do them, not read about them or think about them. You just need to go out there and do them. So hobbies really make you learn things, but they make learning non-conventional. It's non-conventional learning because yeah. As college students, we are now used to sitting in a lecture, then going to the lab for the lecture or the discussion for the lecture, doing our homeworks, writing our papers and calling it a day. But in hobbies, we are learning through doing it. It's it's not class are try- classes that we do are trying to stimulate the practicalness of a subject. But let's face it; they're really face, uh, failing at that. But hobbies aren't stimulating the reality; they are the reality, and that is what I really like about them. They help you learn. But so, for example, when I'm playing bridge, am I thinking about statistics and probability? I 100% am. But it's it's just a different way of learning statistics and probability, right? Yeah. A person who's a who's an incredible bridge player probably understands every concept there is in statistics and probability it's just that they're unaware of it if i give them a data set and ask and and make them sit next to a statistician and ask both of them to do analysis i'm pretty sure that they would have almost at par analysis skills it's just that they just don't know what terms mean. Yeah. In the world of statistics. They don't know the distributions. They don't know. They might not know how T distribution works. What's the chi square distribution? What is the regression analysis? How do you do all of that? How do you test an hypothesis? They don't know that. But they know that.
1: Yeah. If you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that is what I really like about hobbies. But the fact that they're very hands-on. Is also an entry barrier. I would say to hobbies. Because people only shy away because they think about a lot of things but they don't take action and really all there is to hobbies is taking action yeah so you just need to decide to go so how do you
1: discover new hobbies manan
0: how do you how do you put yourself in a position to find new hobbies
1: i think word of mouth is a really nice one but uh there's a saying where um Don't travel the path that is travelled by a thousand people. You know, there's this idea of why would you want to pursue the same thing a hundred thousand different people are pursuing? And so this novelty aspect to hobbies has to be from an individual itself. And so when an individual tries to reflect on their experiences, they find out what they enjoy. For example, uh, watching films, I really like the idea of storytelling. And the idea that storytelling can actually change a person's life. I remember as a kid, I was used to be deeply Im- impacted by some of the uh, movies that I used to watch. For example, Lion King, when, you know, uh, when Simba dies. Um, when Mufasa dies, sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah, <laughs> When Mufasa dies, that really invoked some sort of emotion in me. And I was like, okay, well, I like stories. What can I do with them? I can write them. I can read them, I can discuss them, I can critique them, I can analyze them. And so that opened a huge new avenue of other things. Like And so, for example, I have a few short film scripts that I haven't published yet. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I have, I think, two or three. Even the some of them are just like scene cuts, you know, some of them are actual scripts. And so there was this one summer where I was just like, I love stories so much. Why don't I create, why don't I try creating... Substance of things that I genuinely like exploring like why can't I explore emotion? Why can't I explore characters? Why can't I explore settings and how they how a character then interacts with the setting and like what it shows? And why can't I create deep and impactful like imagery? That can then invoke the same type of emotion in someone else like the viewers or whatever and so just pursuing that just made me feel that new hobbies require a lot of reflection on what you enjoy and what you want to do and to some extent are deeply rooted in what you want to achieve as well and so if you like creation if you're like if you're someone like me who likes imagine imagination and like someone who wants to display creativity to you know have some sort of purposeful meaning behind it and put it out in the world there are so many ways you can do it you can um, do it through storytelling which I have done you can do it through um, you know now being a social media influencer although then that creates this entire thing of oh do you are you really in it for the viewers or do you really want to do it but the point is there are different ways to pursue a new hobby and I think primarily it requires reflection
0: Manan you know I like to be very spontaneous right yeah this summer this is very spontaneous to all the audience Manan doesn't even know what I'm about to say. But this summer, I want you to take one of these short films and make it happen.
1: And actually produce them?
0: Produce them, publish them, sell them, <laughs> do something with them. But this summer, those short films, I should I should have some content explaining those short films to Oh before. my god. Uh, Listen, okay. Just say yes.
1: Just say yes. Okay, I'm going to shake your hand. I'm going to say yes.
0: Because we were just talking about how hands-on hobbies are. And the barrier to hobbies are... Literally that you just do them And people Think But they don't do I agree I want you to do I'll do it Done I'll do it I'll
1: publish it Here April 9th You you heard it here first You heard it
0: here first Manan is uh, gonna Try to produce a short film This summer Some
1: Some aspect of Putting my short film Into like Out there Just some Some aspect
0: See we made a We Let you in in a hobby While discussing hobbies Yeah but discovering new hobbies is very important. And um, as a child, I always thought that my hobbies were, or I did not know what my hobbies could turn into. I always thought of them as very minuscule, as, as very side activities that didn't really mean much. But now that I've grown up and now that I'm a little bit more mature, that third question of the criteria of a good hobby, which, which says, what are your goals and ambitions from the hobby? That is really important and while discovering hobbies you should really ruminate on that question what what do you want to make out of that hobby because hobbies can become way bigger than you might think of them they, they're not just that escape or that side activity they very well can be if you want them to be but they can they can very well be way more than that they can very well be your day job your career so Manan, what 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 are your thoughts on hobby as a career
1: I think you know how we started the podcast off by saying it's something that you don't necessarily get paid for well uh, there are people who have tried to monetize their hobbies and it has only happened because of technology and because we are trying to well we are trying to enter a uh, the phase of I don't know the 21st century where you can monetize pretty much anything. And so if you think about it, one of the most famous people uh, have has created like a multi-billion dollar industry out of just working on their hobby and uh, we all know Walt Disney, I spoke about Lion King a few minutes ago. But Walt Disney was a junior cartoonist who was not satisfied with exploring his hobby only as a cartoonist. And so he went on to create something completely unimaginable he went on to create a fantasy world where children from all over the world could relate to some of his characters and now we see it in the form of disney right so point is your your hobbies are a gateway into something a lot bigger if you want them to be i know so many people on etsy um on these like individual websites that are selling customized things that are that counts as them practicing their hobby whether it's Knitting, crocheting, whether it's woodwork, whether it's carpentry, whether it's um, sculpting, even whether it's just customized paintings, there are so many of them selling them online and making so much money out of it. Um, but I don't know about so much, but the point is they're able to monetize what their hobbies entail, and that is truly an example of you know investing in your passion and putting in time and effort into creating something that you love and again these hobbies are only sustainable because they come more from creation than consumption um and i think that's that's an important takeaway as well and so there are other i mean did you know facebook all these things that facebook microsoft all these things that were invented or we talk about these all the time we talk about how they were in like a basement and there were a bunch of random guys just working on something together it started off as a to some extent as a hobby first and not with the intention to for example monetize them or turn them into big companies or whatever uh but yeah uh, those are just some of the ways that you can turn your hobbies into a career
0: but here is when i want people to have a reality check let's let's think about how people chose their careers and the development of how people chose their careers initially people just did whatever their parents did So the career advice was, follow your parents, they've they've made a good living out of whatever they do, chances are that you might make a good living out of whatever they're doing by following that, okay? Then that turned into, well, why don't you just do that makes a lot of money, because let's face it, we're living in an industrial, post-industrialization world, and money is what drives the world, so just follow whatever makes money. But then people uh, came into about this argument about mental health, this whole awareness spread about do what you like to do. You should be able to enjoy your work. And that is when uh, the career advice became do something you're passionate about. Now, the reality check is that it's great. I think it's very reasonable to say do whatever you're passionate about because likelihood of success in getting what you're passionate about is higher because you're passionate about it. So you will put more time and work and energy about uh, doing it. And in turn, you'll be successful, in which case you'll be happy and lead a contentful life. The reality check is, let's think, how many people are passionate about basketball? How many people are passionate about music? A lot. It's a very widespread hobby. Did you know there are more than 20 million professional table tennis players in China?
1: That's a lot. That is a lot.
0: Now, let's say I'm a a Chinese kid. I just learned about this amazing game where you just beat the shit out of a ball on a table, and I really enjoy doing it. But reality says that there are not much chances of me following this passion and making this hobby. Because most people's interests lie in similar things, and some hobbies are more widespread than others. And if you continue to follow what you passion, your likelihood of being unsuccessful in that profession are higher. So what are your two cents on this? I want to know.
1: I think what you said does is completely valid. And um, it, it sort of goes both ways. I think you, for you to be successful in something that you pursue that started out as a hobby can also be conflicting. And what I mean by that is, let's say I am really interested in storytelling. I'm really interested in reading. And so if I decided to come to college and study english literature or english language i would have to be okay with the consequences that follow from that and what i mean by that is using something that i'm passionate about as a hobby and then getting graded on it as work that is seen by a completely different professor that has a completely different ideology on how to approach creativity and english right in english english language and literature and how i analyze something it, then it becomes a bit subjective. It's like, okay, I started out this as uh, out as a hobby and it's going into something where I have to change my nuances towards that hobby, change my interest towards that hobby to fit in to the standards of the curriculum or the education system. And so that included with what you said, like the chance of you being successful are very little. I think those two are major barriers when it comes to monetizing or changing your hobby as a career. When you use your hobby thats something like an activity that you're really passionate about into a career uh, there are certain expectations that change with that right your expectations of then using that activity as something that you're f- you're free to do anything in or something that you that comes organically to you then becomes this artificial a little bit more superficial type of activity where you try to make a living out of it then the expectations the goals change and so you have to be aware of that before you actually make that decision.
0: Right. So if you can't make a career out of these widespread mainstream hobbies, let's think about unique
1: hobbies. Well, oh, because- I, I I. sorry to cut you out there, but you mentioned unique hobbies. And oh my God, I was just on Reddit the other day and there was this one person who used like, so you know how fishing is just like, a hobby that a lot of people, yeah. You do, right? go out, you catch fish, yeah. You go out, you catch fish, it's a sunny day, you know. You want to spend time with your son, daughter, whatever, family, whatever. This guy used strong magnets instead of bait, okay. Uh, and, like and he hooked it on to like the actual fishing rod mm. and he put it in like different sea bodies that are like close to him and he like attracted the shit out of some metals, um, that are present in that in those water bodies. And, like, he found really cool antique, like, coins and, like, tins and, like, just, like, guns even. Like, he found some weapons. um, And that opened him up to, like, just so much of discovery from the physical world. And, like, it, it goes to show how much we, like, our environment provides us so much. And, like, you just don't know what's happening. And everything behind it has a story. And I just found that unique hobby to be so cool. I agree i also have some unique hobbies and i
0: am more attracted to more unique and niche hobbies than i am to mainstream hobbies i feel that that unique hobbies because because you have to go out and find them it is not served to you probably 90% of the population on the planet knows about knows about basketball or rap music or uh, or running but how many people know about flipping knives, flipping a ballast song? Very little. Because, because you have to go out, actively search, discover, and put in efforts to learn about the thing, to decide whether or not you want to pursue it. And then after making that discussion, de- decision to pursue it, you further find ways to pursue it. So it is something that you find for yourself. Right. And that is what makes unique hobbies more you. Right. It is very you. Because you actively looked, found a thing that you liked, then discovered it, learned about it, and are finding ways to learn about it in a way that better describes you. Right. So, unique hobbies are amazing. I love unique hobbies. And one of my unique hobbies is to flip ballet songs which I absolutely Parv, tell
1: us a little bit about how you came across that hobby and what is it about that hobby that engages you? It's a a little embarrassing, actually. (laughs) The embarrassing part is that I was a big PewDiePie fan. Okay.
0: And PewDiePie is into ballet songs.
1: All right. So um,
0: whenever I saw videos of uh, PewDiePie, he would just be flipping ballet songs on the side now the sides to uh, my part of it uh, uh, bringing into my life was whenever i walked to class on a sunny day it was fall semester so start of fall semester generally very sunny nice outside you can go out in a t-shirt right so i would keep my hands out and not in my pockets so i would just uh, flip uh, how do you say it uh, just rotate the keys yeah the little keychain yeah yeah you, the you jingle the keychain you just keep rotating it on your finger right so instead of that, I thought, why don't I do something which is more mindful slash skillful than just flipping keys? So then um, I thought, wait, I can flip knives while walking. Um, so I bought a trainer knife. I don't flip actual knife and weapon while walking because I'm sure people are scared. <laughs> people, I don't want people to think I'm some Jeffrey Dahmer walking on the streets of Champagne. So I have a trainer knife which does not have a blade on it. And I just flip that while walking to class. So whenever it's sunny outside, even the day like today, if I'm just going for a walk outside, I would take my trainer knife and and
1: practice while walking. I enjoy that. So that is completely, like, you don't expect. And, like, so have you seen where you, like, what was the development like? So the development was, uh, I started, I
0: watched this one YouTube video. It was mostly from YouTube. I feel like hobbies are very influenced by YouTube these days. Yeah. So, uh, I just went on YouTube. I looked up two, three beginner tricks. Mm-hmm. I got them uh, relatively easily. In like a days of practice, I could do them without failing 90% of the times. And then it was just very. it just felt very satisfying. Right. And then I talked about it with people. I showed it to people. People thought it was cool. So, I got that validation i guess which 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 wanted me to learn even better tricks and then it just progressed that way
1: i used to be uh really into cardistry for people who don't know that's just like there are different aspects of cardistry the sleight of hand I mean, everyone watch. Everyone knows David Blaine and the type of stuff he does with like a deck of cards. And there are other magicians as well. But there's flourishing. There's uh, which is like the more aesthetic part of cardistry, where it's like fancy shuffles and the way you move cards amongst like different parts of your body, like your hands and stuff. Um, and then that's that's flourishing. And then there's uh, sleight of hand, which is like deceiving people or like manipulating people into thinking a certain way and that includes like card forces that includes like just fancy things that you can do with your hands that look deceiving to the human eye and then there are card tricks obviously um a couple of things there's so many things that you can do with a deck of cards and i was so influenced by that i spent so many summers trying to perfect like even like properly shuffling a deck of cards or like Uh, learning how to do the snap change which they show in the now famous movie Now You See Me and so uh, being heavily influenced by that I was just like it is so cool to just walk up to a person and tell them uh, to pick a card and then just blow their mind because these are things that not everyone sort of does not everyone sort of engages in these sort of hobbies and even stuff like when people tell me that they uh, are trying to get a skydiving license or they're trying to fly a plane i'm like there are very few things that you can do if you re- like really think about it in like a normal average person's life over the course of their lifetime that could genuinely manage to blow other people's minds right like but Me seeing these people pursue these activities that nobody else is pursuing um, just enables me to be happy for them because they are doing something that not everyone else is. And they're exploring a very niche, a very unique part of human life that not many people else would be able to sort of experience. And for me, it's like, if you're doing that, then a, a part of you is really truly living life
0: funny i just want to put a fun fact out there because we were talking about cards whenever you shuffle a deck of cards there are 52 factorial ways of shuffling a deck yeah. of cards which is 52 times 51 times 50 times one right. which is a very huge number very so chances are if you're shuffling a deck of cards right now you're placing the cards in an order that they've never been in the history of human race yeah so that's a that's a very n- known fact yeah. i think but if but anyone is the, the that, same
1: with if you're interested in playing chess Right. There's so many combination of moves that can be possible in one chess game. Right. That not every chess, like you can't ever achieve every single mm-hmm. move of every single chess game that is possible. Right.
0: But then, um, as we were mentioning, there there, there is only so much an average person does in an average life. Yeah. Um, you work 80,000, statistically on an average, you have 80,000 hours to work, which every human works and that is what makes hobbies so personality driven and that is what makes you like out of that average what is something else that you do out of out of those 80000 hours what do you do the rest of the hour and every person decides to spend the rest of their hours differently depending on their culture and the background they go up in and that is what makes hobby so much about them and how they are. Because when you combine those 80,000 hours of their profession. With their small unique nitty gritty hobbies. With their small unique nitty gritty habits. And things they like to talk about. Things they like to think about. Things they like to do. That may, that really brings out a person out of a person. And that is, that is why I absolutely love hobbies.
1: Yeah. And I would go as far as saying that this entire idea of being successful does not really only depend on your career or academic aspirations. And what I mean by that is, if you look at some of these celebrities, they have traveled, some of them have such unique stories and they have such unique backgrounds that it, that there might be something about famous people and, uh, you know, successful people that may uh, sort of lead us to think that they have done things differently. Not only, like I said, through their academics or career aspirations, but through personal life, through trying to be someone that they feel authentic about, trying to be themselves. And that's why I said reflecting is not very important. But, um, like, I was just curious and I was looking at some of these famous people and what their hobbies are. And I found that some very famous people have some very, very unique bizarre but strange but also incredibly authentic hobbies that they engage in right for example nicole kidman we all know nicole kidman but she has a skydiving license um and she says it's the closest thing to flying right and that's one example everyone knows the great mike tyson mike tyson i read up recently was involved or engaged in some sort of pigeon racing Pigeon racing. Yeah. Pigeon racing. I don't know what type of... I mean, Mike Tyson is not the most average person we know. <laughs> He's like completely opposite of average. But he derives some sort of satisfaction from pigeon racing, right? And so Taylor Swift makes snow globes. Okay, With She Spick. makes snow globes. She makes them. Not collects, makes. She makes them. Wow. Right? She uses mason jars and antiques and glitter to fashion the gifts. And so she says that it makes her feel like a kid again. Okay, and then Will Smith fences, right?
0: Dude, I love fencing. Yeah. I think it's so cool. It's so fence. cool, right?
1: Like, actually touching someone with, like, something that is a long form of a needle uh, each round is kind of insane. And it's very skillful as well. And the Angelina Jolie, she doesn't seem to be the most vanilla person, but she collects daggers. Like, actual daggers. Um, this reminds me of our friend we have a friend who collects knives Avi yeah uh, we just name dropped him on an episode but shout, Abhi out, Abhi. Is, shout out to Avi but uh, and like of, of course there's like the basic oh you play musical instruments and you you know you just are passionate about knitting or whatever but point is these people are unique because of their ability to step outside their comfort zone learn something new and actively pursue something that they enjoy
0: That is true I will make a very bold statement now And I will not just make a very bold statement like a dumb person I will actually give my reason behind it Okay The bold statement being hobbyists, Hobbyists Will save the
1: planet one day Damn
0: Like literally Literally save the planet
1: Literally save the planet Tell us why
0: I'll tell you why So I was listening to this TED talk By Tom Streezek I hope I'm pronouncing that right but the man talks about solar flares solar flares absolutely beautiful phenomenon if you actually uh, uh, see it it's very beautiful to the eyes it's very it's very soothing to the eyes but solar flares of uh, solar flares produces EMPs electromagnetic pulse these EMPs um, Inter intervene with our signals intervenes, uh, the functioning of our satellites. So, and we've had multiple flares over the course of the years. We have had one 1989 and, um, we've, we've, we have anecdotes and a president, um, for it, and those have caused massive, massive chaos. Six million people in Canada did not have power in winter. That's basically life and death. That's killing the chances of us having solar flare by in 2024 one in 8 not a very good odds right if this solar flare comes then obviously governments and these huge organizations that that do these gigantic stuff of handling satellites power um, our geothermal plants and everything they will obviously strive to get us back to where we were before and try to bring the world back but it will take probably more than a year for us to get to 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 power the world back to power the world back and run uh, our financial systems banks everything else right in this year it is the hobbyists that will come in clutch why because the gardener will garden food and not just spend outrageous amount of money trying to buy it because the person who knits can knit on weave sweaters and warm clothes for people when there's the, when, when 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 that huge mega factory is shut what do you do you have to go back to the old times to the prehistoric times that that person who makes furniture can can make chairs and houses and rebuild them because if you don't have any power Forget about all the machines that we use to build these mega structures that we have. So God forbid that day comes when we have that gigantic solar flare. But if it does, these hobbyists, they are the people that we will look forward to.
1: Absolutely. And I think that sort of brings us to this massive conclusion of some sort where a hobby is not just something that is now a choice but it's something that is integral to human survivability, but also enriching human life as it is. To be able to cultivate a new skill set is what humans have adapted and evolved through so many years of being able to do that now it is almost essential that we go back and we consider some of the activities we're involved in on a day-to-day because no matter... What you do, it is these investments that you make on a day-to-day basis that allows us to be capable, to be uh, impactful to our people, but also to our lives. And to for us to be people who have the skill set to be able to develop technology, develop as human beings socially as well, and just in general make some use of, out of ourselves.
0: Yeah. After running through this entire episode about hobbies, which by the way, I want to reiterate how I am very close to hobbies and how this is a topic I really wanted to talk about ever since the inception of Sipping Socrates. Um, after discussing what are hobbies, why are they important? The idea of our hobbies and escape, why should we not think of hobbies and escape? Um, the criteria for good hobbies, bad hobbies, how do how can we discover new hobbies? We talked about unique, hobby, unique hobbies. We talked about hobbies that were turned into career in Walt Disney. We talked a little bit about our hobbies and our niche hobbies, and we made that spontaneous um, fact about you making um, you're diving into a new hobbies of making short films yeah. After this entire episode When we covered this much ground I still feel there is so much more to go Because hobbies excite me a lot And I hope they excite you too My only request to all the listeners Is that cherish your hobbies And if you uh, God forbid you don't have any If you don't, please go out and find them Because they will absolutely change your life And change the way you think about the world Please take that as a fact because as a person who likes their hobbies a lot, it has completely shaped, changed my way all for the positive in my entire life. So please cherish your hobbies, nurture them, pass them out and and share your hobbies. Sharing your hobbies is a major part.
1: Spread the hobbies. It's, it's so good. It's like spreading love. Exactly. And one way you can share our hobby is we know that we have listeners from all around the world now. Yeah, we have listeners in more than 27 countries. And we also have an Instagram. So if you would like to share your hobby, if it's culturally driven, or if you're listening to us from any part of the world, there'll be a post going on soon today and tomorrow, uh, where you can check out our posts and mention some of the hobbies that you're involved in. Yes. So follow Sipping
0: Socrates on Instagram. Keep listening. Keep loving. Keep sharing your hobbies. Thank you so much. I, we really appreciate all of you listeners. Yeah, and
1: uh, we hope you enjoyed our discussion on hobbies.
0: Thank you. See you next to next week on a topic completely s- new to all of us. Yeah. <laughs>